You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast 196 with Tim Robertson, Owen Rubin, and we're going to talk about the Audio Engine V2, your feedback, and a whole lot more. And it is Tech Fan Podcast 196 with me, Tim Robertson, and we've got Owen Rubin here this uh, week with me because uh, David's traveling right now, Owen. He's on a train, I think he said, He's right? He's on a train. That's kind of hard to yeah. podcast from a train. It is. I guess it depends on how good the, the, the so-called uh, internet is. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, even then, you know, I, I wouldn't trust it. And plus, was- it's not like he's got a private cabin. <laughs> it's true. It's a good point. I was so I, I had a jury duty yesterday. Oh joy, oh joy! Uh, and they said free internet, and then they told everybody to turn their devices off. Of course they did. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. That's how they keep the internet good. <laughs> well, if no one's using it, it's amazing download speeds. Actually, once they let us turn it back on, it was actually pretty fast. I was surprised for a government office actually had reasonably good internet. Did uh, have you ever served on a jury before? I have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's interesting. Sometimes, sometimes it can be very interesting. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely not like it is on TV. No, it's not. And, and that's kind of the problem because people get these expectations if they actually get on a jury that it's going to be this big dramatic thing. And yeah, it's 90% of it's so boring. It it can be boring and you have to really struggle to, to pay attention. And what I found is that, um, a lot of the jurors just didn't care. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they're ticked off because they should be working or they had to pay for a babysitter or there's a reason that they didn't want to be there. And it does affect their attitude serving on a jury. But of course it is our civic duty. There, you know, there's no getting around that we should be doing stuff like that. That's, that's what makes this country what it is. Yeah. And turn it around the other way. You know, it's, uh, someone said on my, I posted on Facebook that I was had to go to jury duty, and so I don't know, I haven't heard an answer from them, but they said, you know, I, I'm glad we don't have that where I live. And I was thinking, you know, if if I'm up for a, if I'm at a court where I, so I have a, a criminal case brought against me, I'd much rather have twelve people have to agree mm-hmm. than one judge who may be pissed off at what I'm wearing that day and, or something. And you I know, said. judges get very jaded. And they do. They see a lot of stuff. And so I thought about that going, so I, I did not get in this jury and it wasn't, you know, I don't know if you saw the Facebook, all the, and you guys were doing that too, all the excuses that I could use, right? Absolutely. Our, David uh, and, and I was, was, was being very comical with it. Well, I'm, I was reading them in the courtroom. I had to, I had to turn my phone off because it would beep and I'd look at it and I'd laugh. Um, but it turns out when the, they read the charges against the two people that were there, I almost threw up. Really? Because, bad, huh? well, it no, it I so I had to end up explaining why I had a conflict of interest in the case. Gotcha. So, something that happened to me a long time ago, and I said basically there is no way these guys are walking if I'm on that jury. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I said that you know because I and that I wouldn't a, be fair for the defendants because absolutely be honest, not. You don't know if they're actually innocent or guilty. I don't. You have to presume that they are innocent, and that the state has to prove their case. That's right. But I had a knee-jerk reaction to the reading and saying, you know, put these guys away. Yeah. And and I also knew that after they read the um they read the whole thing that was against them going back to what I know that could bring them the death penalty. Yeah. Well, it was a it was a if someone died during a felony and that's very serious. My um, jury duty wasn't that severe. I've been on three juries. You have, okay. Yeah. Uh, every decade since the 80s. I was on one in 89, in the 90s, and the 2000s. Uh, I was excused uh, this decade so far for the one jury summons I got because I was working in Chicago at the time. Oh. And the, the person who actually calls a jury and all that is my next-door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you only get called once a decade. We get called once a year. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I've and only been called. Neighbor. But here's the funny thing. <laughs> Julie's mom wanted to be on a jury in the worst way. 
really. Yeah, and, and she finally did it, like just a couple years ago. It was the first time she's ever been on a jury, and I'm like, I've been on it every decade since the '80s. <laughs> How was that for? She wants to. Were they do criminal? It. Uh, they criminal? No, no, they were. Yeah, well, yes, they're criminal, but it's it's nothing. It was one was a drunk driving case. Okay. And I was actually picked as a jury foreman, so I had to stand up and you know we the jury find the. Now, how did they guilty. pick you for the foreman? Did you, uh, the, jury, the jurors decide? Yeah, it was me and this got to sound sexist, but I don't mean it to be. It was me and five women, and <laughs> we heard the whole case. And then we retired to the jury room, and right. uh, the deputy came in and said, okay, you guys need to decide who's going to be the jury foreman. And every woman in there looked right at me. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do well, it. Well, you have a kind of a take charge kind of way. I hadn't said a word at that point. Nothing. I mean, uh-huh. we got picked, and we were the first six people that they interviewed you know, from the jury pool. Wow, and they were just like, "Okay, these people are good with us." And we were like, "Oh, I guess it's us." Well, it was it was a one day thing. This uh, case was so serious that they pulled in maybe they filled the whole courtroom. Yeah. So they pulled in maybe 65, 70 people from this big pool, and the, the judge who had a, had a sense of humor, which I appreciated, did a bunch of talking, explained the case, and everything. And then he said, "All right, who here thinks they have a hardship? Raise your hand." And I'd say about half the people raised their hand. So they made all the people who didn't raise their hand go back to the jury room and fill out some questionnaire. I gotcha. And all those who did raise our hand had to say why we had a hardship or what our conflict was. And they took those papers immediately. And then they made us wait outside the courtroom and they discussed it with the, the attorneys and the judge. And they came out with a list and said, these people uh, are excused. And I was on that list. Oh. Uh, and I had two reasons. I said, one, you know, I'm starting a new job on Monday. And haven't been haven't had a full time job for fourteen months now, so I thought, you know, this is going to ruin my chances yeah. to keep this job, and so that was one. And then when they read that, that's what I was going to say. And then when I they read the case against these people, I said, oh, this is you know, I mean, literally, it's it's very similar to something that happened to a friend of mine using a weapon I owned. Yeah. So you, there's just no way that you could be impartial. No way I could be impartial. Yeah, my, I, you know, the funny thing is, on the very first one that I did, uh, you know, I had to get up and and say, you know, that he's guilty, and I didn't know who this person was. Listen to the whole case, but it turned out he was actually the father of a guy I went to school with. Wow. Yeah, and when I stood up and I, actually, when we got led back into the jury, into the courtroom, I could see his family behind him at that point, and I could see the kid that I went to school with, and he was looking at me like, hey. <laughs> I know it's just. In fact, you know, if you had known that at the time, you probably should have. Oh, I I would have accused myself. I said, "Hey, I can't." I, I went to school with that guy. Here's the funny thing, though. He doesn't remember it. We had coffee about a year ago, and oh, I brought. Doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we're we we're thinking about doing some business together. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> and I brought that up. I said, "Do you remember?" And he was like, "Yeah, I remember. My dad was convicted. He spent a little time in jail. Not a lot, but a little." Drunken, drinking and driving in the 80s wasn't as severe a penalty as it is now. Yeah, right, right, right. And I said, Did you, do you remember I was on the jury? I was the one that actually stood up and said he was guilty. He was like, really? And I was like, yeah, you don't remember that? And he was like, I was kind of in a state of shock the whole time. Did like, he throw yeah. the coffee at you? <laughs> yeah, and stormed out. Hey, so, so let's bring this to technology. So I was really surprised sitting in the courtroom. You know, the judge has a big screen computer next to him. Yep. The clerk has two computers. Um the the um, court recorder had a computer. Yeah, it's not that little a, machine thing anymore that they used to use. Well, there was a big screen up on the wall behind the judge that wasn't on. So so there's a lot of technology in the courtroom, and there was the court recorder typing into oh really electronic version of it. Huh. So whatever she was typing on still had that. What do you call that? I can't. The word stenographer. Stenographer. But what do you call? There's a there's a that shorthand stuff they type in. Shorthand. It was still the. There's still the shorthand keyboard, but she watched the computer screen, and I. But everyone had mics in front of them. Right? Why? What's the Why point don't of they that? Why would they just record it? Well, I'm like sure they do, easier, but it's easier to find in re- in writing. It's probably a obscure law that it has to be recorded that way, and those just laws seems, just haven't been updated. It just seems so. The technology seemed like okay. We we sort of acknowledge this, but you got to remember. It, it's really difficult for humans to change procedural things. 
I when guess. we get used to doing things a certain way, it's very difficult for our species to change. We do eventually. Eventually. Uh, but it takes a long time. Well, even the even the jurors, if you're selected, you must write on paper. Right. Which you is can't you can't I mean, I thought about I had a felt that form. I was like writing, going. I haven't written with my hand for you know for a long time. I know <laughs> it was like it was it was difficult. It was hard to keep writing, and I could barely read what I was scribbling. I was like, but I could do that on an iPad so damn fast. Speaking of uh, iPads, and by extension, Apple. Did you see this week that uh, there's some websites out there that got a hold of the developer preview for Mac OS 10.10.3? And it includes the new Photos app. Of course, Photos is the replacement to iPhoto, which Apple demonstrated and showed publicly at WWDC I last year. I did not. I and did not see that. David Pogue has a, a video. The Verge has a video. Uh, quite a few places do, actually. And I have to say, I've been a little bit cautious about this. I've Look, I, I'm not a fan of iPhoto. It's buggy. It's slow. The more pictures you put in there, the more it gets buggy. The more it gets slow. It loses. It's lost photos for me. Which you've talked I, about before yeah, on this show. It's, it's, it's not it's, a good app. It's not a good app. But all things considered, it's the best app there is that I found to seamlessly blend in, capturing, pulling the the photos off my iOS and cameras, right, off my iPhone and off my iPad and a camera if I plug it in. It works flawlessly that way. It's decent for editing. It's not great, but it's decent. And it's okay for organization. And if you go more in-depth with iPhoto like I have done, um, events doesn't work for me. They, it, I haven't been able to create an event for years. The last so, event was like 2010. And you've done rebuilds and all yeah, that Yeah, all that. It just it, Whatever is wrong with it, that feature is just shot with mine. So events were what got me as well. In fact, I told you that it crashed once when I rebooted. All my photos were thrown back into a single event. Right. And it, I was able, actually, to go back to a backup. You know, what I did is I made a copy of my iPhoto library, which was huge. I had, I had to put it on an external drive. I do the same and thing. I, I use Carbon I Copy Cloner it, for just that. Right. I deleted it and recovered the old one. And then I had to go through the folders inside. You know, you still show content on the photo right. library. And then re-import all the photos that I hadn't had did not have in there since the crash occurred, and it took me about it took me about an hour, but I was able to rebuild it. But and then I then I yelled at myself for saying, "Why am I still using iPhoto for all my photos?" That, and that's that's a, a valid point because there are a lot of problems with it. So when Apple made this announcement at WWDC, I was both pleased and worried at the same time. Now pleased because. Anything that's faster and better than iPhoto is welcome. But this is going to be a, a 1.0 version, so my hopes aren't too high. Number two, what happens to all the faces that I've tagged? Because I do that, I don't want to say religiously, but I will spend I an hour a month going through and tagging faces. Uh, I, you know, I've got 10,000 pictures. Actually, I've got more than that. But let's just say 10,000 photos. I've tagged photos, probably two to three thousands of them with faces. And if I quickly want to find photos of, let's say, my oldest daughter, I'll just go to her name and there they all are. Yeah, I agree with you. That's, that's been a nice feature in iPhoto. I use it as well. But it's, it's buggy. It tags things that aren't faces. You have to go through and tell it to forget this one. Yeah. Um, But it does, I'm going to say it does probably 70% of recognizing faces. And yeah, I thinks, think that's pretty it, good. It thinks you're the guy from um, from uh, Firefly sometimes. <laughs> Does it really? Yes. What's Nathan his name? Fillion? Uh, Nathan Fillion. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> I see everyone. Because so, I had tagged him in two photos. And then I had a photo of you and it says, is this Nathan Fillion? So, it, so you must look similar. I guess you do. You, some, in some ways, you remind me of him at times, too. So, so I, you know... I. I've liked iPhoto because there isn't anything really better on the consumer side for what I want to do with it. I do I'm, use. Go ahead. Do you use Aperture? No. 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 Okay. So and what's wait a minute? What's the one from? Is that? I was confused. And there's Lightroom. That's the one from Adobe. Right. And then Aperture. Which people was tell Apple. me is fantastic. Yep. And it's weird since I own CS6. You think I would be using that? Um, and then there's but to start using th- another application is just oh my god, uh, everything starts from scratch, right? 
Yeah. And that was another fear of mine with this new Photos app. But here's the thing. It does import all your photo albums, all the faces, all the places. Wow. It imports all of that. So that information is safe. So I knowing that that's... Yeah. On the show notes? Link. On the show notes from uh, Macworld UK, actually, that says, uh, iPhoto 13 rumors release dates leaked images. Oh, uh, they've actually so. got actual video now, so... Okay. Uh, oh, okay. But so yeah, we'll post a few. We'll post a few links yeah, to people. Absolutely. Because uh, it's it looks a little bit like Aperture, doesn't it? It does look. It it's a combination of what iPhoto probably should have been for the last few years, and what Aperture was. So it cool. it takes. It's the middle ground. It's better than the current iPhoto, but it's not as good as Aperture was. Okay. But I, you know, reading between the lines on some of this stuff, I think it's going to have a somewhat open architecture in that. Eventually, it's going to let you use plugins. So you'll oh, be able no. to expand what photos can do, which I so think I is expect, very important. So Adobe may end up doing plugins for... No, I don't think know. Adobe would. But I could, so? No, I don't, because they've got a competing product. They're not, they don't want to... Adobe's never done that. You know, It reminds me of OpenDoc years ago. Uh. A little bit. You remember Open Doc? That was a that was such a great idea, but it never went anywhere. That, I love CyberDog. That was a great browser. Yeah, that, that was. I, for those who don't remember Open Doc, Open Doc was an idea Apple had to make everything document centric instead of application centric. So you would open a document, and then little plugins from companies could be used. Like you could have a little word plugin, and it would give you a little editor. You could have a photo plugin, and it'll let you edit photos, and they could all come from different companies. Yep. And so you sort of had a custom set of, of applets, which we've sort of gone to in the iOS kind of frame, that would be assigned to a document. And when you sent the document to someone, executables of those applets were included so that the document would work properly no matter who you sent it to, whether they had the applet or not. It was kind of cool. But anyway, sorry, I digress. It, no, OpenDoc was cool. I liked it a lot. Uh, I was surprised it didn't go anywhere, to be honest. Yeah, I, that's uh, a long time ago, because yeah. I think I was at Apple when that first came out. Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's not a long time ago. So, anyways, um, but I can see, like, the company that makes Pixelmator, that's a $35 photo editing. Yeah, they would do I, That's what I, do, I use all the time. I stopped using the Adobe products completely. Um, what's the other one? I just bought another one, too, iDraw. Which I haven't, yeah, I haven't had enough time to really play with that other than a cursory go through. It's like thirty five bucks. Um, they sent me a, a copy though, so that was nice. They didn't even ask for a review. They're like, "Hey, here's a code." I was like, "Cool." <laughs> <laughs> so, a company like, well, I, I can't think of the name of the Pixelmator company. It may be Pixelmator. I don't know. They could make a plugin for half the cost of Pixelmator that gives you half the functionality as a plugin to, to Photos. It's a yeah, gateway drug at that point. Or just cut. You know what I really want? Look, so I, I have Photoshop, and I have, a, I have this other app that stopped working. They gave it away, they gave it away free at, at, at Macworld years ago. That it looked at the, all I remember is the icon looked like a little reel of film. And it was, the, it was like Photoshop Essentials. It was just the tools that you use 90% of the time. Right. So, you know, crop, color adjustments, uh, tones and things, all the little adjustments you use, red eye removal, stuff like that. That's what I want to see. I, there's simple things I want to see in there. Uh, Pixelmator is an app you should probably look at if you haven't already. Which one? Uh, Pixelmator. Oh, Pix I just I just opened their website, by the way, and it is Pixelmator. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking at this. It's probably it's probably exactly what I need. Uh, Layers. Uh, it handles yeah. text about as well as Adobe Photoshop, which means not very good. Uh, and that's kind of the reason why I was looking at iDraw as well because it's, it's a vector so text is much easier to manipulate in a vector program than it is in something like Adobe Photoshop or I Pixelmator. Admit, I admit that I am I, I am not an Illustrator user which is terrible. I, I used think to be all, a big time. I suck at it. <laughs> oh I'm not so saying I'm good Photoshop. at it don't get me wrong I, but that's what I use for a lot of the stuff at my Mac especially when we were having the monthly magazine and I was making uh, you know, uh, headers and, and yeah. gra that's what I use. Every, was, all the people I know who do really serious graphic kind of stuff for that use Illustrator. And I try to use it and go, you know, and go back to Photoshop and I'm just quick with it. So like you say, you don't like text in Photoshop. I don't have a problem with it. But, that's because but you don't I know any better, at, though. I swear at it a lot. 
<laughs> right, but you don't know any better. You haven't used an app that exactly really can you can manipulate, you know, a point on your. Oh tablet. no, I get vector fonts completely. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, I just don't. If know anybody how to understands use vector, it would be you. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> but I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. I'm not. It's not comfortable yet. So I just. What I have to do is sit down and take an online Illustrator course, I guess, just to get. So I know where all the functions and tools are. And same way with Photoshop. Anybody who comes into Photoshop new, it. God, it's like getting hit over the head. It's there's so many tools and so many things you can do, and 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 so many hidden features. Well, and so many ways to do the same thing. There's yep. not one way of doing it. There's twenty ways of doing it. And no one way is better than the other. It all depends on, you know, what you're trying to do. Yeah, I did something the other day, and, the, and I was showing someone how I did it, would do that, and they went, oh, I didn't know Photoshop could do that. You yeah. know, the little magic wand tool, yeah. and, and then I inverted it so I could remove, you know. They said, well, how do you get rid of everything else but that? I said, well, you collect it. He goes, well, now that's selected. I said, well, just invert the mask. He's yeah. like, what? <laughs> it's like, yep. He'd been sitting there trying to shift plus all the areas around it. Mask is the one thing that I've never been good at. I have never wrapped my head around the masking tool very well. Yeah, it's... You know, using a different layer and your masks. I, just, I use layers you know, all the time. That's, I do, too. And that's what I like about Pixelmator is that it does use layers, which... Okay. I, do you have I it on the iPad or do you have it on the Mac? Oh, the Mac. I, okay. I, I, didn't, I don't do that kind of work on my iPad, so there's no okay. sense in me... I know a lot of people do, like Donnie Yankelo uh, at MyMac.com. Does he really? Yeah, he uses he does a lot of stuff on his iPad, graphical. Uh, I'd like to hear from users. Do they, do they use their iPad for that kind of stuff. I, I'm not either. And I actually have a, <clears throat> a couple styluses now because I'm doing a little bit more stuff on it. Yeah, But do definitely. people do photo, photo editing? Do they do what, – what apps did they used to do on their Mac that they're now doing on their – I would love to hear. Or their I, iPhone as well. I mean, Or their iPhone, yeah. What, what are you using it for that – Above and beyond playing a quick casual <clears throat> game or web browsing, email, texting, listen to music, the actual productivity apps. What are you using? Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to know what people like. Yeah, I mean, the, yes, we know about Evernote and stuff like that. We want to know about the productivity stuff. Like, are you manipulating photos on your iPhone? How easy is it? Because I can't imagine trying to manipulate iPhone or uh, photos on my iPad or my iPhone. I just don't. I feel clumsy, like I don't have the level of control <laughs> I that agree. I do. It, it, it's it, some of it, especially on the iPhone. It, the screen is just too small for me to do anything. The iPad is better, but I'm sitting in front of a 27-inch iMac or a 15-inch MacBook Pro. What do I need this 10-inch screen? What can it do that I can't do with a bigger screen and more powerful right. hardware? Right. So I've never made that leap, but maybe I'm missing something. Maybe somebody out there listening will go, oh, no, no, look at this and look at this. That's, so, what, that's what I'm asking, too. Yeah. So, so, so I, this is going to sound terrible. I think I own this program. Pixelator? Yeah. Yeah, well, you should definitely. I think I may have gotten it at one of the shows, one, and, and I just set it aside because I was using Photoshop. Yeah. Because I'm looking at the – I'm on. I'm not on my Mac at the moment. I'm on a PC. So I clicked on view it in the Mac App Store just to see what happens, and it's, it's telling me I can update my computer to OS ten. <laughs> helpful <laughs> but yeah you should uh you should look I at it. Check I, it out i think you'll like it it, it <clears> took <throat> me a look the one thing i don't like about it is they use the dark uh colors for menu and the toolbars i don't like the blackness like that i would the rather a, a yeah it's too bold <laughs> I, I want that to get out of my way and there are a couple bugs sometimes i'll open a graphic and none of the toolbars will open and I got to sit there, command one, command two, command three to bring them back up. Um, I am they tie them to the preferences of the image you like. So if you bring back an image you've edited on, you get the same. Um, no, no, no. 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 I, was, I was hoping they weren't storing that in my image, but no, they're not. Okay. And the one problem I had is when I was opening apps, it would always want to save all that as a Pixelmator document, which it's useless to me. I'm trying to save it out as a JPEG, so then I'd have to go to export. <laughs> And I actually wrote into customer support, and they're like, "Yeah, it's a preference." And I went, "Huh, huh, huh. Uh, So I well, but that's what Photoshop does. If you say save in Photoshop, well, I guess that's not true. If you open a, a PNG and then you save, you save a PNG only if you didn't add something that's dependent on a PSD file, i.e., you didn't create a new layer right. or something like that. But if Otherwise, you just open it and and adjust something quick, you know, quick color adjustment, it'll save it as the right. same. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to do a save for web, which is. The other feature I showed someone, they went, oh, that's how you do that. Yeah, but 
it's really good. I, I stopped using save for web because it, it didn't give me anything over just a, a standard save dialogue for JPEG or PNG. Oh, it, it does give you quick resize. It gives you, it shows you the size it's going to be. There's some information in that save dialogue that's very helpful. I find very helpful. Yeah, but especially I, when I'm saving a photo for a web page, you know, I go, well, if I do this, what if I do this? Oh, it'll be 35 megabytes. If I do this, oh, it's 110 megabytes. You can you can get a quick view of what the what the size is going to be, and when you're trying to minimize that size for time. And it's yeah, also helpful if you work both in a lot of CMYK and RGB and you forget that you just opened up a CMYK document. <laughs> you do a save as JPEG, it's still a CMYK document, thus it won't display on a web page. You have to save it all uh, as RGB. I didn't see I didn't know that. Yep. I thought I just assumed it would change when it saw the Nope. Interesting. But it will if you do the save for web, then it automatically converts it to an RGB. Okay, so do we have to put this Pixelmator link up there for people to see. Absolutely, it actually looks pre- it actually looks pretty cool. So I, I like Pixelmator a lot. Um, they've updated a few times since I've owned it, and it hasn't gotten crashy or buggy. The only, like I said, the only buggy part that I have uh, is well, there's two really. With Photoshop, I can open, let's say, 25 JPEGs, full size JPEGs yeah. from my camera, and it didn't really bog it down any. Pixelmator does not like opening anything more than five, and it starts becoming like, oh, I don't know what to do with this much. I'm gonna, I'm getting a little, not necessarily crashy, but the whole operating system, the whole computer, just kind of crawls to a, a standstill. It, it's probably not very good at managing memory. That's a really, you know, in programming, and and everybody suffers on that when they do that. It's not having a lot of, not knowing how to manage memory can really slow your right. Computer. And and where I'm doing this is a machine with 10 gigs of RAM, so. Yeah, so it's, it definitely has enough memory. Yeah, no, no, not a computer problem. Uh, the way the app handles memory. Right. If oh no, no, I know exactly. What moving you mean. it around all the time. Right. But you know, it used to be when we programmed, we tried to minimize how much memory we'd use, so we were constantly releasing memory and giving it back. So when you have multiple pictures, then you have this problem of well, what do you keep active? What do you what do you give away? What do you reload? And if you're doing that a lot, even so, the SSD should help speed that up, but. Because you could just swap a lot of that out to the disk. It does, but it, there's something in this program that just it doesn't like opening multiple files. I don't know why. Good to know. But that being said, there are some things that I miss. It, I can't do batching at all in it, and mm. there's times that I need to batch a whole bunch of graphics down to you know 500 pixels wide. I could do that very easily in Photoshop. Just set up a quick you know. Where's the babbleizer when we need it? Right, you know, <laughs> uh, graphic converter is supposed to do it, but it's th- that program is just wonky now. It's not. Does the babbleizer still exist? I don't know. I haven't used that in forever. That's probably been ten years. That was a that was a friend of mine at uh, Atari. A guy named Dave Toyer, who who was the original. I, in fact, my name was in the credits for a while. Uh, yeah, it says the babbleizer pro free download. Oh, there it's, you go. Um, and. He the Babelizer for those people who don't know was originally written. So we had this we had this love hate in in Atari in the days back where you would go to the graphics guy and you say, well, I need an image and I need it to be 100 by 200 and you can only use these six colors. And then they go, okay, and they give you an image and it was the wrong size and the wrong aspect ratio and they used 30 colors and we was like, oh god. And so he finally said, you know, we're speaking different languages, so he's going to create an app. That would go from one one mode to another, and so we uh, we hi, I hire other people help work on plugins and stuff for the conversions. But it just basically that was made strictly to change size, shape, color, space, all that stuff. So if you say, well, I have I have a thing that used thirty two million colors, I really only want to use eight. Show me the best image you can get with eight colors. And that's what it was all about, and it had a wonderful batch mode. <laughs> batch is very important now. If people don't know what batch mode is, that means, okay, for instance, I've got a folder and I've got 50 photos in it, right? And their full-size JPEGs came right off my iPhone 6 Plus, so they're huge files. If I want to use those, I want to repurpose those, let's say, in a report or on a website. And I can't have any one of those pictures more than, let's say, 300 pixels across. The right. only way of doing that without... a without batching these files is to open each one, resize it to the size you want, save or save as, because you probably don't want to save because then the original image is that size, do a save as and rename that file something else. 
<laughs> Good luck. And doing that a whole bunch of times is very annoying. Yes. <laughs> Even if it's 10 times, it's annoying. Well, Photoshop <clears throat> will allow you to batch. So you, you run a, a subset of Photoshop that you give it the parameters. I want it to resize all these files, and I want to start with this name and then increment it by, you know, one. So it'll be untitled one, untitled two, untitled three, or whatever the, the name that you give it is. And it will just go and whip right through it. It will open each one. You'll see it resize. You'll see it save it. It'll close it. It'll open the next one. It's amazing to see. It's, it's yeah, like it's magic. it's fun to watch. I agree. It is really fun to watch. And it's <clears throat> such a time saver if you if you do that often. And that is one aspect that I do miss. Um, in fact, I still have Photoshop and Illustrator. Uh, what version are they? Uh, CS5 on my MacBook Pro, which I'm using to record the podcast. And I had it on the uh, iMac too, but when I redid, I put the SSD in there, and um, it's not recognized. I can't find my serial number anymore. They're somewhere. I mean, this is an old. This is like what five years old now, four years old. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know where the serial number is. I tried moving preferences over. If I reboot the iMac into the old hard drive, and it's slow as hell when I do that, then I can use Photoshop and Illustrator on the iMac. But well, I'm laughing when you say that because I've been thinning it out, but I, I have a bunch of bookshelves behind me in my office here and on Talk them into the mic i'm sorry i turned around didn't i yes you did yeah, so i was looking at my bookshelves behind me at the boxes of software that require i still have the boxes up there for certain software that requires you to remember the serial numbers yep because i leave them up there with the cds or dvds which makes me laugh still but and the serial numbers because if i ever have to reinstall them they're there. And, I, and, th- and there is a debabilizer box up there, but I was just reading their website. The last version was done for Mountain Lion. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, for Lion, yeah. So, Not I mean, Mountain a lot of that Lion. stuff, though, you could get rid of. Simply use your iPhone, take yeah. a picture of the serial number, and upload it to Evernote. That's exactly what I've been doing, actually. Yep. I've been I've been photographing, and well, I don't, I'm not using Evernote, but I've been photographing them, putting them into a folder of of serial numbers and, and images that show I owned it, and then I'm getting rid of the boxes. Yeah, and I say Evernote because that way it's always with you. It's on your iPhone, it's on your iPad, it's on your PC, it's it's everywhere. Dropbox, dude. <laughs> yeah, but then then you're syncing literally all those files between all those devices. I have to, I have to try Evernote. You've talked about it before, and I have not used it, so. It, it works good. Something else I own, by the way. Let's uh, take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we've... This isn't a new feature of the show, but it's uh, we're going to get a little bit more product-specific, a little bit more techy, and uh, I've got a Bluetooth speaker to talk about from Audio Engine. We'll be right back. Does it hurt? <laughs> Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up what, here, Mark. What, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That That's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they? That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week. I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. (laughs) But you know what? If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever, and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it. This is Optimus Prime calling all Autobots. Prime to all Autobots. Our new tech fan podcast has been released. Return to base immediately so that we can all enjoy the humans talking about technology. Repeat, Optimus Prime to all Autobots. A new tech fan podcast from Spotlight Network has been released. Return to base immediately. Back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 196, Tim Robertson, Owen Rubin, and we'd love to get feedback from you. It's easy to do. Simply send it to either Tim, David, or Owen at techfanpodcast.com or go to our website, techfanpodcast.com, and Leave a message right there, and uh, we'll read it here on the show if it's appropriate. We missed a couple on the last one. Yeah, I, I actually had feedback from the show before, so from back from 194, that we completely missed. Remember Uh-oh. we were talking about the cases and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Clive Hammett in the UK 
Uh, he wrote in and said uh, he bought a new case for his iPhone 6. It comes in two parts, a hard rubber um, and a plastic cage. Offers oh, protection from drops and adds no real bulk to the phone. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. And he gave an Amazon link, and I could see it. It, it almost looks like a tire. It does look like a tire on the back. It looks like a tire to me. It has treads. <laughs> and it's a, how do you pronounce that? Borean? Borean. B-O-R-I-Y. U-A-N. Wow. Gorian okay. free screen protector plus brand new two-in-one design hybrid rubber defender cover consists of, and then dot, dot, dot. Uh, it t- it looks like a tire to me. It looks kind of cool. I, that's not a, a, a hit against it. How can that not add bulk? I'm sorry. It, just looking at the picture, you it can see bulky. it looks like it looks bulky, but yeah. I, you know, maybe it's not as bulky. Well, I couldn't talk. Pictures are that. can be deceiving. <clears throat> I have a Mophie case on my on my phone, so I can't say that I don't add bulk. And then, like, uh, an hour after he posted this, he wrote back, just found out that my three and a half millimeter jack, which is the headphone jack, will not fit while in the case. I will have to drum out a hole to fit. Let's hope I don't do too much damage. So that, that's, that's bulk. That's, that's bulk. That's bulk. <laughs> Clive, that, that's bulk. <laughs> that's bulk. That's defined. I define any case in which you can't plug in your headphones. If you, if you have to break out the Dremel tool. <laughs> 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 we, we will we will file that under bulk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, that's a poor. That's, that's that's bulk. That's a poor design. When you can't plug your headphone jack in there, but it's probably light. Maybe it means not bulky as in light. It, could it be. looks lightweight. It does look lightweight, but yeah, it looks bulky to me. And I and I say bulky because if you look in the picture where the Apple logo is, you could it's thick. Yeah, it's thick. Right. It looks like it'd protect the phone very well, though. Clive, what did you mean about bulk? Yeah. I, Give I us an update. What do you, it, it, This has been a couple weeks at least now. Uh, what do you think? Is it still good? Still bad? Listeners want to know. <laughs> uh, Simon Parnell also wrote in. And uh, you know what? It's Can you read it? Because I don't have my glasses with me. And the yeah, text so... Is small. Um, I've had iPhones since the version one. It's the first one cost me a lot of money. I bought no brand silicon case in the style of a that is hard to reason it, of yep. a car tire. Car tire. So so there was a another another tread case. Yep. For about five pounds UK. So what is that? About eight bucks here. Yep. As luck would have it, the case also fit in my, fit my three G. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, with all with the four, I don't really want to hide the lovely phone, but I was worried about the ba- the back glass. I was as well, so I bought a no brand clear, super slim polycarbonate case for about eight pounds UK. They protected the back and sides. When I moved to the five, I decided to continue that idea and purchase a similar no brand, super slim polycarbonate case in clear smoke color for about eight pounds. Currently, I have a new iPhone six space gray and no case. Waiting for a super slim polycarbonate case <laughs> from designed by M to arrive. However, I'm beginning to wonder if, as you said, the loss of the rough, gla- the yeah, rounded glass edge will make me decide to go caseless. Well, I, I'm using a Macaulay case on mine right now. Okay. And it's a very super slim case, and it doesn't make the rounded edges really go away. I still get that nice rounded edge. Not as pleasing as if it's caseless. But I don't know. I, I I do like something to protect the back end. You know, I don't want to scratch it up. I know I'm the one that said, "Hey, you get little scratches on your stuff. It just adds character to it." Um, <laughs> Did you say that? I didn't yeah, hear that. <laughs> I, th- I think that was a show you missed. But by the same token, I don't want to scratch the hell out of something, especially that's right. you know the iPhone six plus. Unless you uh, said someone else will own it later, Tim. No, I no, still you have my. Your old- uh, no, I. I still have my original iPhone. I have I, every iPhone I've ever owned is still here. They become glorified iPod touches for the kids. Although there is a there is a point of diminishing returns in that they never play anything before the four. So the three G, the three, the original iPhone, they never get played anymore. Well, this is how I ended up with an office full of old Macs. Okay, yeah. which I'm finally <clears throat> one of our listeners is uh, who the. Well, I'll talk about that in a bit, but he uh, collects old Macs, so I'm actually going to get those Macs to him because someone who actually can enjoy them. But like you, I was like, I don't want to give it. There's something about Apple products you get attached to. Uh, I'm only that way with the iPhone in that 
the kids can still play with them. I'm not like that when it comes to the old computers anymore. I could care less now. I'm like, really? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't care. So the the place I was thinking about, this guy's called Alex's Apple Orchard. I'll put a link up there. Um, young guy with his dad. They collect. They ha- actually have a, a Mac museum. If you go to Alex, L E X S Apple Orchard. Dot blogspot. Dot com, you can see what this this young guy has collected and what he's got. He's got some amazing stuff in there. Yeah, put, the, put it in the show notes so we can uh, put a link. I in will. The show notes, it's, I and it's really kind of you know if you're an, if you're a Mac. You love old Apple stuff, old Mac stuff. Looking at his, uh, whoops, that didn't work. Looking at his stuff is kind of takes me back. It's. Uh, I hope to visit him. He's on the East Coast, but I hope to visit that place sometime. It's really an amazing collection. Now, last week we were talking about, and the funny thing is, it wasn't even in the show notes. It wasn't something that we were planning on talking about, but product placement and. You had, I think, uh, someone reply to you on Facebook about this. Wait, i got to get back to there. I've lost my notes. <laughs> yeah, my friend Keith, Keith uh, had a comment, and he was talking about product placement in shows. He says, about ads in a TV show that had been the most obvious one I'd seen was in Haw- a subway ad in Hawaii Five O. I watched it. Link. Yeah, he put a link it, there. And, and I haven't watched I'm sorry, Keith, I haven't watched that yet. Cause I, think I, I did, and it was, it was disgusting. It yeah, it it's almost as bad as I said as the as the the degree deodorant was. At least they made it funny. No, it was um, worse than that because it, it was this wasn't funny. That. This was uh, the, the, two cops walk up to this other guy. I guess he's a cop. I don't know. And they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm eating my subway. I can get <laughs> this and this, and it's this. And Jared lost weight, so I'm trying to lose weight, lose weight, and it's just like, oh. See, we've we've done this to ourselves, people. I'm yeah, sorry. It's our fault. Because the DVR, the PBR, whatever you want to call it, lets you skip over commercials. And if you're going to skip over commercials, these guys got to get paid. And this is what's going to happen. So, you know, you have to decide whether maybe you want to go back to watching commercials than to see actual showtime. Because they're not going to make the show any longer. They're still going to show commercials. Showtime is going to be used up talking about products. Uh Still, my favorite one was in um, White Collar, where they were driving a Ford, you know, eco car, and he leans over and he says, "What's that tree growing on your dashboard?" And of course, the camera zooms in on the dash of this Ford, and she says, "Well, it's the, the more economically I drive, the more leaves I get on the tree." And you see the tree growing, and he goes, "Well, kill that damn tree and let's go catch that crook," <laughs> which at least was funny. But that's what you're going to start seeing this more and more. So he also talked about the steam box. He replied to our, our comments last week about the steam box. And he says, I think it's, and this is the steam box in the living room. I think right. it's aimed more at people who play a lot of games on their laptops hooked up to their large TVs. And they want to play steam directly using the interface design for the TV without tying up their laptop. Good point. Uh, good point. It may not be marketed in stores, but it's heavily pushed on steam, which I guess isn't going to be bought at Walmart. <laughs> this isn't an entry-level console system, but a better way to p- play certain games in your living room. The interface is even designed to be played best with the count uh, with the controls rather than a mouse and keyboard combo. That's that's the one thing that I thought about is that you do get real controls. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, there there's Although two camps there. In, there's USB controls you can get for your computer, right? There are yeah, but there are there are those who say keyboard and mouse is just so much better to play games with you have so much more finer controls and then huh. there's the those who say oh it's i'm looking down at my keyboard all the time and i i'd much excuse me i'd much rather play with a controller in my hand um for a yeah, long time i was in the first camp and i was playing games like warcraft 2 where i'm clicking this and i'm dragging that and i'm switching over here to the map real fast and scrolling and and it was much easier with a keyboard and a mouse, but nowadays, ah, it's. Did you own one of those Microsoft mouse, mice, mouse that ha- mouses? <laughs> What's the mice. right word there? Mice, mouse that had like the thirty buttons on. It. <laughs> no, know? I I saw those. Those always look silly to me. <laughs> I didn't own one either, but I was. They were supposed to be for gamers, so you could assign any button to any keyboard. Click, so you'd never have to remove your hand from the mouse while you're playing. And it, I mean, I. I, the one I have now, I have an old Microsoft mouse I still use, and it has like eight buttons on it, and I think I use three. So, He also continues, there are two or three major games on Steam that people spend hundreds of hours 
a month playing. DOTA is the best example. I don't know what DOTA is. Uh, I will go find out. Uh, but I never want to play Team Fortress 2 or Left 4 Dead uh, first-person shooters on anything but a desktop with a mouse. See, now he is in that camp, first-person shooter with a desktop computer. Right. You play with a keyboard and a mouse, and you, you're just so much more accurate. I, I, it, I think that's just a personal preference thing. He also said... It, go ahead. Well, but the other thing is there are some games, and I agree with him, like in, in first shooters... I, I like getting my face right up in the screen. I want to be close to it so I can see things. I'm not sure I'd want to be sitting back on my couch, right back on the couch playing, because it's harder to see. You know, yes, it's a bigger screen, but it's harder to see the details sometimes. And that can be death. It all in depends. A first shooter. Yeah, well, it all depends on the game. But like Halo was was crafted for the original Xbox on a TV. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Awesome points at the beginning about the pointlessness of thin desktops. Um, that still have yeah. the same large footprint. Basically made to look cool, but impossible to upgrade or replace components. Absolutely. That's true. So thanks very much uh, for the feedback, Keith. Yeah. We do appreciate it. Um, so DOTA, DOTA is a competitive game of action and strategy played both professionally and casually by millions of passionate fans worldwide. So I'm looking, there's a preview on So Steam. DOTA is the name of the game? I thought DOTA2 was... now. It's in their action games category. Uh, I don't know if the video I'm looking at is actual graphics from the game. I suspect it is. It's you know it's a combat kind of game. You know, uh, what's the one I was thinking of? Uh, Mortal Kombat kind of looks oh, like okay. that. That's what it looks like, but with with a lot of additions, of course. Uh, but so, it looks like fighting. Each two people fighting. And so we'd love to hear feedback from you. Like we said, uh, Tim, David, or Owen. Any of those names work at techfanpodcast.com or just go to techfanpodcast.com, leave a message there. We will see you on, uh, if you post on our Facebook pages, uh, Twitter is at MyMac. We'll see it there too. So send us feedback. We'll read it here on the show. It, it helps us a lot. It gives us stuff to talk about. Speaking of things to talk about, um, we're going to do more product-specific discussions moving forward. Some of it will be reviewing a certain product or category or delving deep into certain topics. And for this episode, um, I want to talk about a, a Bluetooth speaker system. It's a premium Bluetooth speaker system that I'm quite impressed with. It's from Audio Engine. It's called the B2 Premium Bluetooth Speaker. It does cost $299. That's not cheap, especially wow. when you consider how many bluetooth speaker systems are out there nowadays i mean you could pick up uh, uh, what 20 30 40 bucks sometimes i mean they're yeah, dirt cheap now you then you get a 20 30 40 bucks sounding speaker i so i'm eager to hear this because i have not tried this and i'm looking at the pictures of it and it looks quite pro most bluetooth speakers sound like bluetooth speakers i know that sounds terrible but no you're absolutely right and john nimorowski actually reviewed this for mymac.com and after reading his review, uh, I wanted to test it out for TechFan. It's a very nice looking speaker. Let's start there. And it's heavy. It is. It's beautiful. It's heavy. A lot of these speaker systems nowadays, you pick them up and it's like, it's <clears throat> cheap, plasticky, weighs nothing. And you know, it's just going to, when the music's playing, it's just going to reverberate through the whole speaker case, right? <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's just going to But this terrible. one looks like it's designed actually to do that properly. I noticed it has a port in front, you know, and it looks like the box is designed to actually be an active element of the speaker. In this, It case. is. And I can say this is, you know, it's one speaker, but it is stereo. It Four has, elements. It has, yep. It has fantastic sound. Now, is it audiophile quality? No. No? No. Well, any Do you think Bluetooth? that's a, a, a problem of the Bluetooth? Uh, to some extent, um, Maybe. I always want, you know, I, I'm not an expert on Bluetooth. I'm sorry to say I've never really delved in to see what it gets. Uh, and I just, maybe it just has a limited bandwidth that it can send. I don't know. Well, so, I know the Bluetooth 2.1 supposedly can broadcast at higher frequencies than we can hear. So theoretically, you should be able to use Bluetooth with, you know, audiophile type of equipment. That being said, this is one of the better Bluetooth speakers I've heard in a long time. Uh, I've been using it for a little over a month, a little over two months, actually. And I'm very, very impressed with it, to be honest. Uh, I've sent music from my 
both my Macs, my iPad, and multiple iPhones. We were streaming music from the iTunes Music Store during the holidays, so I was playing Christmas music over it. I've got it sitting on a shelf, and it looks very elegant. Now, I took off the grill. I didn't... Some people will like the grill. Some people won't. I'm one of the people that I'd rather see the speakers and the wood grain itself and not the cloth. And it's beautifully designed. I mean, I'm looking at the pictures. You have that link up there. We'll yep. show you. It's the case, this walnut wood, all solid wood And I case. did get the walnut one with this yeah. uh, graphite silverish cloth on the front. Yeah. Now, the really, back is really... nice, too. It does have an antenna, which... You know, I don't have mine sticking up. It's sticking. It's to the side, so I don't see it. But it looks great. Hmm. Uh, I put mine uh, at about half volume, and that's just where I've left it. And to be honest, it's always on. I don't turn it off, and it's not drawing any heat. It's not warm up there, and it's always ready anytime I want to send music to it. Now I don't know if they recommend leaving it on all the time, or turning it on and off as needed. Do you own a kilowatt? No, no. That you should get one of those. <clears throat> if you you can buy them on Amazon. That you, I use them all the time because I'm curious. Does leaving this thing on use a lot of power? So it's a little gadget you plug into the wall socket, and you plug your device into it, and it tells you how many amps or watts it's using, and you, it'll collect it over time as well. And so you can say, well, what did it use in a day? So if you're worried about something using up too much power when it's on, left on, you'll know. Well, Bluetooth you know? is low power well, so but, but this has an amp in it it so does it has to have its own amp it has to have its own power amp in it yep. for powering the speaker so i don't it probably is smart and turns itself off probably does but i can tell you when i go to switch over my phone i turn on bluetooth and i go into my list of devices and i've got quite a few at this point there it is every time well, if you own no dish delay. network if you own dish network they have a bluetooth output setting like i haven't touched the speaker now in like three days right Okay. So I'm going to go to my iPhone right here. I just turned Bluetooth on. Now I'm going to go into my settings. I'm going to click Bluetooth. And uh, there's an audio engine B2. It says not connected. So I just click the button. Now it says it's connected. Let's go to my music. This is all real time. Hit music. Hit a song. Not and you bad. Can, and you can hear it playing immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> I control the volume with my iPhone. Inside my head. Now, I don't know what the sound quality is coming across Not on this well, podcast. Because it's far away and echoey. It's far away, yeah. it's echoey by the microphone, and then when I release the show, it's going to be compressed down to an MP3, so it's going to sound <laughs> even worse. All that being said, you heard how quickly it was on my iPhone, because this thing is already on, just to click, 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 and I'm playing music. That's nice. And it sounds really good. It's a nice flat sound. Now... I, I know some people probably think when you hear the term flat, oh, that's not good. Uh, I like a little bit more bass or I like a little bit more trouble. Flat means frequency response, which means it's not adding any distortion to the music that's not supposed to be there. Yeah, if you want you want better response, just, just change the settings in your, iP in your iPhone. Right, you yeah. can go into the EQ and, and tweak right. how you want it. But you want your your speaker itself, you want that response to be very flat. This is pretty cool, too, that you, if you buy it from their website, they'll give you 30 days to send it back for a full refund. If you yeah, like. and, they, and they, call, nice. they call it an audition. Yeah, that's a great... That's a, that's, I, I like when companies do that. You know, it's, it's hard, sometimes hard to plunk down money on a device and go, what if I don't like it? Yeah, this is $300. This is not just an impulse buy. This is something that you're going to consider. And when it comes to speakers, it's very subjective. Now, there are yeah. measurables when it comes to speakers, flat response and all that. But at the end of the day, how does it sound to you? Does it sound like a $300 speaker system? To me, it's right in there, to be honest. Okay. If, if well, I had the money enough. and I was going to buy a Bluetooth speaker system, this would definitely be in the running. I would very much consider this. That being said, I haven't tested a whole lot of $300 Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got quite a few Bluetooth speakers, but they're all of the $150 and less variety. And of all of the $150 and less varieties I have, this $300 one blows them all away. It's not even close. Nice. 
So if you're looking to spend not an insignificant amount of money for both a, a good sounding system, easy to set up and sync, uh, pretty good range. I was sitting on my porch and I was sending music to it and that's about 50 feet away. And it was still picking it up just fine. Now that's a combination of the Bluetooth uh, in both the speaker and the iPhone. And it looks really, really nice on a shelf with or without the cloth front, which is magnetized, by the way. Oh, it is. I was going, I, you know, I was looking at the picture and there's no, when the speaker grill is off the front, there's no connecting points. Right. So I was going, yeah, what holds it? What holds it to the front? Yep. Magnets. They're all going that That's route. That's very now. cool. Um, you, I don't know if you're going to be able to find better because I haven't tested better, but from my own experience, and by the way, this is a quality speaker. It does need a little bit of break in time. All really good speakers do. Um, it, it, the sound got more warm. It's the only way I can describe it after a couple hours of playing. Crank it up. Crank it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm impressed with it. The build, it's really surprising how heavy this thing is. This is what not. Did John, what did John say? I, I believe John gave it a, a nine out of ten on the MyMac okay. website. Let me. Uh, he I, listens to a lot of speakers, so he has a lot of comparison to. He does. Um, John and I are quite different when it comes to our preferences in, in uh, we, listening SMI, devices. Yes. Yep. But, uh, but 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 because he's listened to a lot of speakers, I you know when he says it's really good, it's really good in the range of speakers he's listened to. That's that means a lot. So, audio engine. Do a quick search at mymac.com and see what uh, the review. Actually, I'm on the I'm on the Audio Engine website, and there's a mymac.com logo. Is there really? Yes, and he said the mymac.com B2 review. Oh yeah, you know, there's a review tag and scroll That's down. That's nice. So there it is. Yeah. So yeah, there it is. So he's actually they actually I must have liked his review because it took me right to it. Uh, and and uh, let's see, I'm scrolling down. He's got a lot of nice pictures in there. He does, and he got it. He like I said, a nine out of ten. Worth every penny personal recommendation, he said. So. Yeah. So that's John's recommendation, and it's also mine. Um, I, I give it an 8 out of 10, to be honest. Not quite a 9 <laughs> out of 10. Uh, I really like it, though. It sounds fantastic. Here's the thing, though, and, and this is... Everyone's going to have a different setup on how they listen to music. I've got a pair of um, Altic Lansing computer speakers and a subwoofer hooked up to my Mac. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that was actually a nice setup when those came out. Yeah. No, that's not the clear ones. This is a oh, different the, one. No, the clear ones. The, the clear ones have the wrong case. You yeah, know, they, you, they looked the horrible. The case is an active part of a speaker, and I don't want a plastic case. Right. It looked good when it came out because it really did match the Bonnie Blue IMAX and that sort of thing. But No, but you're talking about the... the what, are you, what color are yours? Silver. Silver, right? Yeah, yes, they, okay. kind, they kind of match They make the good IMAX. speaker sets, systems, but... So that being said, I believe my Altic Lansings <clears throat> cost less than this Bluetooth speakers, and there's no comparison in price, or there's no comparison in sound. I would mm. give the Altic Lansing a, a much higher rating. Now, these okay. are not Bluetooth. They're not wireless. It's a three-piece speaker system, so it's got a big subwoofer. So it's almost unfair to compare the two. And I don't give my review based on how does it compare to computer speakers, because it's, it, that's not fair. Right. That being said, if I'm going to listen to music, I'm probably going to listen to it on the Altic Lansing computer speakers more than I would the audio okay. engine. But the convenience but this, of the audio engine cannot be denied. I could put this in any room in the house and send music to it. Well, but that's what I was going to say. Where I see this is like we, you know, we have in our kitchen um, a system where you can use. Used to be able to dock your <laughs> iPhone to it, and I see this replacing one of the like one of those Bose devices or something that that I don't have to dock my device to it. I can stick it over on the bookshelf. There's actually another use I see for this, and I started to say that Dish Network. If you have a hopper, yep. from Dish Network, they have a Bluetooth out setting. Hmm. So this could become your front speaker. Yep. And it's you wouldn't a- have to run a wire up by your TV, and you'd have a. If, you know, if your your set top is not near your television or not really close, you, you could have this as an output speaker. Right. Uh, but I know what you mean about speakers. It's also what you get used to. On my desk, I have a pair of these Sony speakers I bought a long time ago. Um, I think they're called SRS. They're little black towers. Um, but for music, they sound phenomenal. They don't have a subwoofer. And I listen to music on my computer a lot. Now, they don't sound as good as my Polk Audio stereo speakers that sit near my But it sounds right system. to you. But they sound, I like them. And, and I've 
I keep getting all these computer speakers that people want me to try. And I must tell you, every time I set them down on my desktop, I play them for a while, and I do an A-B comparison to the Sonys and go, there's there's no comparison. Right. Right. And some of so that I, is personal bias. And I always allow for that in my bias. reviews because re, I've reviewed a lot of audio gear myself. Usually when it comes to the headphones, I do the higher end headphones because I'm much more discriminating, I think, than John is. Um, I used to do that as well. The, yeah. Those cost headphones. In fact, I commented on the, the really good headphones. What I really didn't like about really good headphones is they let me hear how crappy some of my MP3s were. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't blame the headphone. Now you go, oh, all those old 128 MP3s I have. Now it's time to set up for Music Match because I really need better. Yep. I need better, uh, better songs. I need better quality. Yeah, I need better quality. I can, hear the, so I, I can hear the flaws. Absolutely. The old crappy headphones never heard it. Put this, these good headphones in. Oh, my God, those, that song sounds awful on this. So if you're looking to spend not an insignificant amount of money, and you want a pair of head or if the headphone if you want a, you want a, a really nice bluetooth sounding speaker that looks as good on the shelf as it sounds i can't think you're going to go wrong with these uh, audio engine b2s i mean they just sound really really well, nice really check clean. it out for 30 days come on seriously I'm, i don't want to sound like an ad for them and it, I, it's I 30 but, days but i love free this ground shipping order one free order one just to try it right free ground shipping and no sales tax so literally it's not going to cost you anything if you don't like it. You got thirty days to to play with it in your home, and you go, uh, you know what? I think that's a lot of money for what I'm hearing. Then you send it back. Or, wow, these sound really good. This this is great. This is exactly what I was looking for. Well, then it's worth the three hundred bucks to you. No sales tax. No sales. Tax. Oh, you probably don't live in one of those states where where it's illegal not to pay it if you don't pay it online. Huh? Uh, <laughs> or it could be that the the company themselves just eat the sales tax. They actually pay it, but they just don't. Oh. Charge that to they the have customer. to tell you because in California, you ha- at the end of the year when you do your taxes, there's a line item there that said, "Did you buy things online?" Blah blah blah, and not pay sales tax. You have to add up what you spent and add the California sales tax. There you go. Now on my when I put stuff in Quicken, I have to say sales tax paid, sales tax paid, so I know which ones I didn't pay sales tax for. Fun. Yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, we'd love to get feedback from you. Uh, I've said the email addresses a bunch of times, so just rewind and listen to that. Um, but easiest way, though, is to go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a message there. If you haven't already, please go to the either um, the Spotify page or the iTunes store and leave a review of the podcast there. That would really, really be helps. helpful. It really does. Yeah. And uh, we do appreciate you guys listening. Owen, thanks very much for being here. I know it's early. Um, uh, well, not so much early. Now that I'm starting a new job, I well, have to I was going to ask, how is the new job going to affect you being on a uh, tech fan? Oh, I'll just go in a little late on, on Friday. That's not a problem. Awesome. Great. They're, they're cool guys, and they'll let me, uh, and, and I'll talk about that. I want to talk, I, I want to get, find out what I can talk about for sure about their, their technology. Absolutely. It's a great thing to talk about here. It's a very cool product, I think. Um, and now that I've played with it a little bit, I'm like, oh my god, I want one of these. So uh, <laughs> I look forward to hearing more about it. And I will talk more about. It. I start on Monday, so maybe next week I can talk a little bit more about it because I'll know what I can say. And if you guys want to hear more of me, make sure you're listening and subscribing to OWC Radio. It's the show that I do for Otherworld Computing. It comes out on a weekly basis. Although there was a few weeks that I skipped there because I was traveling so much. Uh, but it's uh, I do a lot for of, OWC. You must for, for you're OWC traveling for them. Yes, um, <laughs> I've done an interview, for instance, uh, two weeks ago in the John Lennon bus at the uh, NAM sh- NAMM show. NAM. That was cool, by the way. That was a fun conversation, and that's a big focus of that show is conversations with people, or you could and say you, interviews. And you were just interviewed on what was the name? I'm just went blank on the name of the other uh, podcast. the podcast. I just. Digest, yeah, which I actually liked that. That was actually. Oh, did you great. listen to that? Yes, I did. I did. So I yeah, if you uh, Google uh, the podcast digest, actually, I'll put. Well, I'm, I'm gonna. I gotta put it in there now. If I'm. Yeah, I have to put it in there now. I have to plug it. Podcast I'm sorry. Podcast digest. Because uh, he commented that you were one of the you know the early people to get into this. Yeah, I mean, I've been podcasting since pretty much the very beginning of podcasting very beginning. since 2004. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it was actually I actually enjoyed hearing some of that background again, and uh, and he doesn't, you know, he's not that he's pretty new to this, right? But he he's, is. He's very smooth, very. I, he's I really got a like great voice. To him. He's got he a much a better good, voice than I do for podcasts. No, no, no. You see, you have you have a good radio voice as well. Mm. I mean, you guys both together. I, I like the way it sounded. Well, you know, yeah, that's what I do on OWC Radio is those conversations. 
Yeah. I, I like talking like on tech fan. I'm talking to the same two guys all the time. You and you and David, I know your stories. I'm so sorry. we could put those <laughs> things aside and just have fun conversations about technology. Well, didn't on, you interview me on one of the early OWC? I did. I yeah. did. And actually I want to bring you back for uh, a new OWC radio. And, yeah. and, and I don't want to assume that the people that listen to this show or may have heard your old interview years ago, four, okay. five years ago, interview you and have that conversation about your history. I mean, I know it all, but the people yeah, do, listening may not. So it would be fun to have you back on that show. Again. Okay. But that's what I do on that show. I, you know, I talk to that, that show and that company anyway. So absolutely. So am I, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, seriously, I, I, so a friend just, I just wanted to upgrade her computer and I, I saw her yesterday and I said, so how did that upgrade go? She goes, well, I had one little problem. I was afraid. So I gave him a phone call and they told me what to do and it's up and running and it was great. And she was just like, so thrilled that this company just made it so easy for her. Well, that show, I have two segments. Basically, I talk about stuff at the beginning. And the second half, usually the much larger half of the show, is me talking with somebody. And it can be a director. It could be a music producer. It could be a photographer. It could be someone like Owen. It could be another podcaster. It's just who I think would be an interesting conversation. Cool. And, uh, you know, we, we delve into people's history and how they got to where they are and what they're currently doing. And I ask, there's a, a segment that I always ask guests now. It's called Three Random Questions, and they are random. <laughs> you know, one guy I asked, you know, do you take showers or baths? He thought that was hilarious. Um, and you make them up as you go, right? No, no, no. There's, this, uh, there's a couple websites that have all these oh, weird oh, oh. random questions, and I just literally go through and I pick three of those randomly. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. And it's, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. So I hope people are listening to that show as well. Keeping it 100, isn't that the new expression? I think so. I hate that expression. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, thanks for being here. We'll see everyone in a week. Bye-bye.